Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Hey everybody, Peter Jacobson here. Welcome to Jake's Takes Podcast. Pretty exciting weekend. Another first-time winner on the PGA Tour at the Wyndham Championship, JT Poston. Again, I say another first-time winner. It's amazing how many kids have won this year on tour for their first time. JT's a good player, born in Hickory, North Carolina, so winning in Greensboro is literally a home game for him. Shot 62 final round on Sunday. But the most amazing thing about it is he went bogey-free for 72 holes. Bogey-free. Think about that. Didn't make a bogey in 72 holes in a PGA Tour event. And that's the first time that's been done since Lee Trevino did it back in 1974 when he won down in New Orleans. A lot of players have gone bogey-free, but they haven't won. So that just tells you that not only was JT's game on, but his short game was spectacular. I looked it up. He hit 62 of 72 greens in regulation, which means he missed 10 greens. Now, that's pretty good stuff. That's that's great ball striking. But to get it up and down every time he was first in the field in scrambling, 10 out of 10, that is how you score. And that's one thing I'm always talking about with my amateur partners in pro-ams and anybody that'll listen Whenever we talk about shooting low scores, it isn't about how many birdies you make. It's about how many bogeys you don't make. And that's probably the biggest lesson, the most important lesson that I, I try to share with people of any level, of any, of any ability level. I want them to know that it's about saving strokes, not so much about being precise from the fairway and hitting every iron shot to a foot. It's about not making bogeys. The other cool win came at the AIG Women's British Open in, in England. It was a Cinderella story. A young woman from Japan, 20 years old, Hinako Shibuno. It was the first time she'd ever played outside of her home country of Japan. And she wins the British Open. It was as Judy Rankin and Terry Gannon put so, so perfectly on the Golf Channel broadcast. It was a Cinderella story. This was a young girl who just seemed to have more fun than anybody in the field. It was her her first major championship, her first LPGA co-sponsored event. She's a rookie on the Japanese Ladies Tour, but she was just hoping to make it to the weekend. She didn't know what to expect. And isn't isn't that always the way it goes? When you come in with no expectations, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, sometimes putts start falling in, tee shots find the fairway, iron shots get close to the hole and you win. That's exactly what she did. Judy Rankin said it during the broadcast, quote, golf does speak a global language these days, end quote, and I couldn't agree more. When you look at the talent around the world on on both the men's and the ladies' tours, it's incredible. And evidenced by this young girl winning her first LPGA major championship in her LPGA debut. And as Judy and Terry said, and I watched the replay of it uh, Sunday afternoon, she was embraced by the crowd at the Women's British Open. It was infectious. She smiled. She and her caddy, who also happens to be her manager, 
they were laughing and joking and giggling and just seemed to have more fun than anybody on the golf course. She had more joy from the first hole all the way to the last putt that she made on the 72nd green to win the tournament. So my uh, my congratulations to Hinako. And also it's a it strikes a blow for people to go out and play golf at any level and just have fun. I think about guys on the tour. You always hear about these tour players that go out and they win big tournaments or major championships, and then they fall into a slump. Well, it's because expectations get you by the throat. You start expecting yourself to win the majors and win every year on tour and win every week. It doesn't happen like that. I think you've got to have short-term memory loss. No matter what you did last week, nobody cares because it's a brand new week and you have the opportunity to go out and prove it again. Or, in this case, prove it for your first time. So congratulations to JT Poston and also to Hinako Shibuno. Well, as I look back on 2019 at this point, as we head into the FedEx Cup playoffs next week, we had three players who had the opportunity to complete the career Grand Slam and join the five players who have done it already. The five who have etched their names in history, Gene Sarazen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus, and Tiger Woods. And the names of those players that are just one win away, Phil Mickelson, the only one he's missing is the U.S. Open, Rory McIlroy, you got to think that Rory's going to win the Masters one day. He's going to win the Green Jacket. That's the only major that he's missing. And Jordan Spieth. Remember how quick Jordan got started in his career. He won three major championships. The only one he's missing right now is the PGA. I have to think that Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy will definitely join that list of five. Phil is going to turn 50 next year, and uh, I would never put anything past Phil. The guy's an amazing player, but, man, winning U.S. Open in your 50s, that would be something to talk about. But we're, we're going to talk more about the career Grand Slam a little bit later. Also going to talk about injury prevention with Dr. Chris Saylor from uh, the Westchester, New York area. And uh, I've struggled with my injuries over my career. So we're going to have a chance to dive into that and what you can do so you don't end up like me. It's a jungle in here and we all know it. The fans are fired up and making sure they show it. People ask me all the time now, when I play in an outing or a tournament or just with friends, why do I play a yellow ball? Well, it's pretty simple, really, because I can see it. I can see the ball in flight all the way from the tee down to the landing spot, whether that's the fairway or, yeah, a fairway bunker. At my age now, I lose the white ball in flight. When Strixon first started making the Z-Star yellow ball, and they put it in my locker, it was to hand out to my amateur partners in the Pro-Am. And I was thinking, I'm not going to play this ball. I'm going to play the white ball. But when they put it in play, I could see their ball. And I immediately thought, what in the heck? I could see that ball. And believe me, when you lose sight of the ball in flight, and you don't know where it lands, it kind of takes a little bit of the fun away. So what I did right then, I switched to the yellow ball. I started playing it in the Pro-Ams. And eventually, I started playing it in the tournament. Whenever you switch to a new ball, you're always worried about 
how that ball is going to fit in with what you do, how it affects your game. And I play it because it does everything I need it to do. I always think about proper spin, the proper trajectory, and the maneuverability of the shot. With the Strixon Z-Star yellow ball, I can curve it left or right, hit it high or low, and it has that perfect amount of spin that I need for my game. It's been about 10 years now since I put that ball in play, and I've never looked back. It's yellow for me for the rest of my career. Now, this segment's going to be near and dear to my heart for many, many reasons. I'd like to introduce and welcome to the show Dr. Chris Saylor, who is a doctor of physiatry or a physiatrist. Physiatrist, yeah. Nobody ever knows what, what that is. Can you tell me that? Uh, it's a uh, non-surgical orthopedic specialist, essentially, doing sports medicine, musculoskeletal care. And the other reason is that you're married to my daughter. You're my son-in-law and the father of two of my four grandchildren. Yes. Yes. Who are as cute as they can be. Yes. They look very much like me, and they take after me, right? They're a handful. Uh, more than a handful. <laughs> well, Chris, one of the things that we all experience as golfers, it doesn't matter if you're a, a tour player or you play at a high level and compete for club championships or you're a beginning golfer, is that the, the body can give up sometimes on you when you're playing golf, and we all deal with injuries. And what what would you recommend to golfers to try to avoid these type of injuries? Yeah. I think it's first important to understand just what some of the most common injuries are. And, and you, you've experienced a lot of these. I, I think the most common injuries we see really are to the back, the hip, and to the knees. And with golf, it's really a injury that'll come from repetitive use. So number one, you're on your feet for a while, you're walking many miles, and with the golf swing itself as well, there's a lot of rotation, which involves a lot of hip movement and a lot of spine movement. Um, so you've had a few injuries and a few surgeries over the years? I've had 20, to be exact. Yeah, that's a few. That's a few. <laughs> yeah. yeah I th you know, the golf swing in particular, um, they're, it's, it's really a rotational sport, and that movement just puts so much torque on the back and especially the hip, um, and that's really where you're going to um, get most of your injuries. For most golfers, um, I think the number one thing that we can do to try to prevent injury is just a proper warm-up. Um, you're watching players on tour. They have a good you know, hour and a half routine where they're slowly building up, getting the body ready to you know, go for a full round of golf. You need to do that. Any athlete is going to prepare their body for that motion, and golf is such a violent sport with that swing where you really need to do that warm-up. So I think that's really crucial. The one thing that was explained to me about injuries in the game, especially as you get old, and I'm in my 60s now, is we pay for what we did as kids. I played a lot of sports, and I know you did too. Of course, you're a young man. You're only 30, what, 30, Six. 36. I'm 65. But playing baseball, football, basketball, you skied, mm -hmm. you did a lot of these. And you played, uh, you played hockey, you played football, you mm -hmm. played golf. The one thing that happens is you really do pay for what we did as kids as you age. You don't realize what 
what you're doing to your body. But unless you pay attention to your fitness level, your strengthening, your Mm -hmm. stretching, these things can catch up to you. Completely, yes. I mean, you need to have a fit body and you need to be able to handle the stresses and specifically here here for golf. Um, you brought up a few points, the fitness level, the strength, and you know, essentially the flexibility, the mobility. Um, I think you're starting to see um, that in even the, the tour players. You know, in the past, fitness wasn't as big, but you look at all the players now, how fit are these guys? You look at Dustin Johnson, McElroy. I think a lot of this came apart, you know, with the Tiger Woods phenomenon. He was the most fit, you know, athlete out there. Um, one thing that I've seen a recent trend, which I think is really the correct trend, is the strength is not as important. You don't need to go out there and lift weights to prepare to go play golf. A lot of the guys are focusing on uh, mobility. So I think one good program you can get involved with is doing things like yoga. And that is really going to be a better preparation off the course to get you physically well on the course and actually to probably play better. I think that's probably one of the most helpful things that somebody can do for their body. Now, for our listeners out there, there's no way that a guy like me in my 60s is going to help himself by going to the gym and throwing around tires and lifting chains Mm -hmm. Probably the best thing for me and anybody in their 50s or 60s is, as you said, the flexibility. Get into a good stretching program, yoga, Pilates. Don't really have to worry about gaining strength. Just gain that flexibility. It's going to help you from driver all the way through every club in your bag. Well, with as many injuries and surgeries that you've had, I don't think throwing around tires and doing backflips is really the right thing for you (laughs) in particular. It's definitely something you can work up towards. Um, You know, you got to start somewhere. So you start at the beginning and get a very basic program and you can eventually work up into those things, but certainly not something you want to start off doing. But, you know, definitely it needs to be a well-rounded program. You need some cardiovascular because you're out on the course for a while. You need that stamina. You need some strength and then you need to you need the mobility. So you need to have um, a, a piece of each uh, to be ready and to prevent injuries specifically. I think of my pal Greg Norman and what he's done his whole career. Look at him now. He's in his 60s and he's in fantastic shape. But he's been able to maintain yeah. that level of fitness yeah. his whole career. And but I think the most uh, most important thing is just to make sure you prevent injury. Yeah, and Gary Player is another example who's been a big advocate of of fitness, you know, through through his whole career. What about and you're a good player. You're a scratch golfer. You hit it a long ways. You got a great golf swing. We play a lot of golf together. What about doing things like in your backswing, lifting your left heel off the ground, or do you advocate doing that or keeping your feet planted? Because as you know. When your feet are planted on the ground, it really that that that, that that's a lot of torque on your yeah. ankles, your knees, your hips, and your in your back. I'm okay with people compensating because everybody's uh, body is going to be a little bit different. My hip may rotate more than the next person. Um, you know whether you're going to cheat your your lead foot out a little bit so you can get a fuller follow through. If you need to lift the heel up a little bit, there's you see there's no one size fits all. So I think making appropriate you know, little compensations can be helpful to prevent injury and also improve the game. One last thing. What about swinging a weighted club? Is that something? I've done that my whole career, and I think it helped me. But I started doing that when I was in high school, and I've continued to this day. I don't go out and try to 
swing the golf club hard when it's a weighted club, but I use it for strength and also for flexibility. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's excellent training tool and also could be helpful for the warm-up as, as well. So whether it's, I don't know what they're called, the little orange ball at the end of the stick thing or the weighted clubs. Either way, I think it could be you know helpful to build the speed in the golf swing as well as to get your body warmed up and prepared for the round. There are so many training tools out there that I think we could look into whether you're trying to develop flexibility. I know there's a great thing called the orange whip, which helps you get a little bit more more uh, backswing and speed through the ball, and you've got weighted clubs, and there's so many things. But Chris, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and let's go play golf tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Let's leave the kids in the daycare and go play golf. You got it. You know, I've been a pretty good ball striker my whole career, and I think one of the strengths of my game has been my driving. I've been pretty good off the tee. I hit a lot of fairways. But I always know that my first drive of the day is going to be a good one in comfort, luxury, and in style because I'm going to and from the golf course in my Lexus GX460. I've been a brand ambassador of Lexus now for over 30 years, and in my opinion, it's the best vehicle on the road today. Now, I may have had a few body parts replaced over the years, but that's just in my 65-year-old body. My Lexus needs nothing but routine maintenance, and that's just the way I like it. As we look back at the major championships in 2019, there were three players that were trying to complete the career Grand Slam, those three players being Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. And Phil Mickelson, at the age of 49, we all know his U.S. Open history. He has finished second six times previously. So he had a pretty good chance at Pebble Beach to complete the career Grand Slam which is winning all four major championships in your career. Got off to a good start. He he knows Pebble Beach very well. He's won there. He's won the AT&T Pebble Beach a couple of times. And I actually had him high on my list as uh, somebody to watch. And I actually thought that he had a really good chance to do it. Started out strong, ended up poorly, finished 52nd at the U.S. Open. Now, as we head to 2020, we go to Wingfoot in New York. And I think it's going to be tough for Phil there simply because there is such a demand on putting the ball in the fairway at Wingfoot. Wingfoot is one of my favorite venues for any U.S. Open. The last time I played in the U.S. Open was 2006. 
I missed the cut. I was 51 or 52, so it beat me up. But Phil is an extraordinary player. He's so talented, and he's been able to figure things out on just about every golf course that he's played that I think he's going to have a chance at Wingfoot, even at the age of 50, but he has to put the ball in the fairway. Nobody better in the game than Phil around the greens. He's a magician with a sand wedge. He's a magician out of the bunkers. He's so creative with his pitch shots. He can really play just about any shot. So look for Phil at Wingfoot next year to complete that career Grand Slam. Let's move on to Rory McIlroy at the age of 30. Rory needs just to win the green jacket at the Masters at Augusta National to complete the career Grand Slam. Again, I think Rory McIlroy is one of the top three talented players in the game today, but he didn't get it done at the Masters. Uh, His best finish is fourth place. This year he finished 21st. But the way that he drives the ball, he drives it not only long, but incredibly straight when he's on. Now next year, in 2020, Rory will be one of my favorites there at Augusta. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see him complete that career Grand Slam at the Masters next year. And the youngest on our list of three, Jordan Spieth, at the age of 26. This year at Beth Page Black, he finished third. He has a best of second in the PGA Championship. That was back in 2015. Next year, we head to the TPC at Harding Park in San Francisco. And Jordan, being just 26 years old, he has a long time. I think Jordan will eventually do it. Right now, Jordan's going through a tough patch. I think he's trying a little bit too hard. And that's what happens when you get when you see that, uh, that, that goal line, the light at the end of the tunnel. I think sometimes you can start pressing a little bit a little bit too much, putting, the, putting too much focus on that career grand slam. But Jordan Spieth is very smart. He's a very crafty player, and, and he's also one that I think will complete that uh, career grand slam. But keep your eye on Mickelson, Spieth, and McElroy heading into the majors next year. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours?